Are you ready? Am I ready? Yes. Answer to that is yes. Okay, that's what I was going to say. That doesn't provide an answer. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Book Reshorts. Reshorts. Yes, that's us. This is the <laughs> Book Retorts short episodes that we do when we are out of time and out of energy to do our main episodes, especially at this time of year. You really sell these, <laughs> Sam. I'm surprised people stick around. <laughs> They're actually really fun. We enjoy doing them, but I'm not going to lie and say we aren't doing them as a way to give us a little breathing room. Yeah, occasionally. Sometimes we just have a really good idea, Sam. I mean, we have those too, Danielle, but you know, we can have both. They can be both things. <laughs> Is this a really good idea? Because I don't know what we're doing today. Oh, it's a great idea, Danielle. Uh, I'm going to dive right in because I'm Sam. I'm Danielle. In case you didn't get that from that entire conversation. Uh, and today, it's time for another round of one of Sam's games, Danielle. Ooh, the best three shorts. <laughs> Yes, I devised another one of my amazing games for you. This one I'm calling What's in a Name? Okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to think of names of our things again? Because I'm really, really bad at that, as we no, discovered. No, I'm not being that mean. In fact, what I'm going to do for you today, Danielle, is we have just wrapped up 2021, right? It was, I mean, it, it existed. It was a year. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. But I'm sure there are many, many pieces of literature that were published in 2021 that we were unaware of and did not read. And so I thought today, Danielle, what we're going to do is I'm going to share with you the names or titles of several books and the names of the authors of those books. And you're going to tell me what those books are about. Oh, goodness. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you what they're actually about. <laughs> I would like to I would like to say that uh, on my Kindle, I've been trying to read a little bit more on my Kindle. It keeps congratulating me on how much I've read. And it said, congratulations on reading three weeks in a row, zero Oof. days in a row. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> not an achievement i wanted to unlock <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so sad i know when i saw it the first time i said two weeks in a row i was like yay <laughs> i made it <laughs> well maybe you'll get some ideas that will put you back in the reading mood danielle yes i'm all here for this whatever nonsense this is i'm gonna be very clear danielle i am not going to comment on the quality of these books because i have no idea i haven't read them all i know are their titles and their summaries so uh i'm sure so you have you're to share the real summaries too oh yeah absolutely i'll share the oh, real summaries after we get your possibly better idea <laughs> But who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So there's only one book that I will maybe mention that people should avoid, but that's for a reason that we'll get to when we get there. Okay. Yeah, it's a teaser, Otherwise, everybody. Stay maybe they're tuned great books. I don't know. Sam's thing where he tells us why we should or should not read books. You're trying to set me up as some kind of like thought police, but <laughs> I don't appreciate that. It'll make sense when we get there. Okay, let's go. All right, Danielle. So for your first book, I have the September 2021 published book. The Wish by Nicholas Sparks. Okay. <laughs> so why don't you tell me what you think The Wish is about? I don't know what I wish The Wish was about or what I think The Wish is about. What you think, like, if you were in the mind of Nicholas Sparks and writing The Wish, what would you write? Um, 
Oh, this is hard. It okay. is. <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably set it during the holidays because- That's a that's, good guess. Yeah, seems like a solid Nicholas Sparks idea if you're going to name your title The Wish. <laughs> <laughs> or just a Nicholas um, Sparks idea in general. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At least 50% of his books revolve around a holiday. And the other 50% are in the summer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like two creek. times a year, Danielle. There's holidays and there's summer. Nothing else. <laughs> there's nothing else. Not with the Nicholas Sparks universe. What, what, uh, a, what, a, what a horrible- place of going straight from <laughs> august to christmas it's wild it's a wild place to live <laughs> and then right back to right back to, to june okay so anyway the wish uh i want to say something in a small town holidays it's like all a right. hallmark movie all of nicholas sparks books are like are like a lifetime if lifetime okay, you're describing and like had a baby. what it's like give me a give me a plot danielle <laughs> i'm trying i'm getting there i'm talking myself into a plot sam okay <laughs> So Lifetime and Hallmark had a baby, and this is the wish, Nicholas Sparks uh, holiday Don't forget to also drama. give me some character names if you can. Okay. So uh, I'm going to say that – okay, here I got it. So there's like a woman. Her name's Lila. She moves from big city back to her small town roots. Okay. And she uh, just found out that she has some kind of terminal disease because that's every Nicholas Sparks book. <laughs> She might also be on the run from like an abusive past history with somebody because sure. really, uh, that's the other 50% of Nicholas Sparks books. Danielle, you are eerie. <laughs> she moves to the small town. She meets a local guy that lives there. Could be somebody who's introduced to her through something like needing her house repaired kind of situation where he's a neighbor or shows uh-huh. up. But it could also be an old flame from the past where she grew up there. And they start to fall in love, and he, at some point, either finds out she's terminally ill, is going to die, but learns a valuable moral lesson about how, I don't know, bittersweet, symphony, et cetera. And, <laughs> Your favorite song. Nice yeah, job. Yeah, or if it's some kind of, like, she's running away from something that thing obviously catches up, he helps her. They live happily ever after on a creek on wow, the house Danielle. that she bought in Are the small you- town. <laughs> Is Nicholas Sparks your nom de plume? Because I am impressed. <laughs> no, but I've read like three, so I pretty much got the gist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I got to say, Danielle, I, I wanted to get you a softball early. I figured if anyone knew Nicholas Sparks, it's probably you. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I, that might be offensive. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like you, you would appreciate his certain brand of schmaltz. Sure. I have read a few Nicholas Sparks books through uh, vacation rentals. Yeah, they're great for that kind of thing. They're, I mean, I think I, I would not be surprised if 9% of Nicholas Sparks' books were sold in airports. <laughs> that's, tr- that's probably true. Anyway, allow me to read for you the summary of Nicholas Sparks' The Wish. Okay. 1996 was a year that changed everything for Maggie Dawes. Sent away at 16 to live with an aunt she barely knew in Okrakoki, a remote village in North Carolina's Outer Banks, mm-hmm. she could think only of her friends and family she left behind. Until she met Bryce Trickett, one of the few teenagers on the island. Handsome, genuine, and newly admitted to West Point, Bryce showed her how much there was to love about the windswept beach town and introduced her to photography, a passion that would define the rest of her life. Oh, I forgot to mention her job, but she obviously had a job. Yeah, of course. By 2019, Maggie is a renowned travel photographer. She splits time between running a successful gallery in New York and photographing remote locations around the world. But this year, she's unexpectedly grounded over Christmas, struggling to come to terms with a sobering medical diagnosis. <laughs> yes, I'm so Nailed good it. at this game. <laughs> you are. Increasingly dependent on a young assistant, she finds herself becoming close to him. As they count down the last days of the season together, she begins to tell him the story of another Christmas, decades earlier, and the love that set her on a course she never could have imagined. Ah, I was so close. You were remarkably close, Neil. That is a total win. That's a very impressive summary. 
That's that's my glory moment. I'm sure the other ones won't go as well. <laughs> uh, who knows, Danielle? It's gonna be a real. It's gonna be a real uh, who's who of things after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. So. Our next book is a book called Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone, a novel, Outlander Book 9, by Diana Gabaldon. Mm -hmm. So, Danielle, what is Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone, a novel, Outlander Book 9? So it's from the Outlander series? Yes. Okay. Uh, Do you know the Outlander series? I only read the first one. Uh, There's a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this is the ninth book, so I didn't know they all had, like, really long separate titles. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. <laughs> go tell the bees that I'm gone. Oh, gosh. No, go so, tell the bees that I am gone. Not that I'm gone. We don't do contractions here. That's true. Uh, they didn't do contractions in ancient Scotland or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you already have some familiarity with this book. Yeah, yeah only the fir- I told you the first one where she gets sent back into the past. Okay, don't at me with the story of the Outlander. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like she gets sent back to Scotland or something, falls in love with the guy that's there. I don't know what happens after that. Uh, I know she goes in between the two two worlds. All right, so nine times. books later, what's she doing? Or what's I don't know if this is a person or not. Could be different people. I don't know any of the character names, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I I'm going to be honest. I don't know any of the characters' names either, but she is like... I don't know, Scottish or something, Scottish-American, 1940s or something. She's probably named Catherine. And she's going to be – so Catherine, uh, maybe – is this the finale? How many books are in the Outlander series? At this point, nine, because I think no, this is the one published this year, but I don't know if it's the last one. Oh, yeah, 2021 books. Okay, so perhaps she – I wonder where the bees would be. Are the bees in Scotland or the bees in America? <laughs> I'm going to say the bees are in Scotland, and so she's, like, finally uh, traveled back through time, and she is stuck in her modern-day time, and she can't decide between probably two loves, interests, one in a normal time, one in in, in ancient Scottish time, and (laughs) (laughs) the bees are probably a metaphor for... I don't know, her life and belongings and things in Scotland. And she has to make some grand decision and whether or not she's going to stay in Scotland or stay in normal, everyday, maybe America time. Honestly, Danielle, I thought I'd get you with this one with the time travel being a surprise, but you nailed that there's Sorry. time travel, but you got about <laughs> everything well, else wrong. there's time travel in the first one. <laughs> yeah. Again, I didn't I didn't know if you'd read this series or not, so I was hoping that this would be a complete out of a fielder, but you got that much. Everything else, completely wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> So let me read you the summary for Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone. Spoiler alert, everybody, if you're reading the Outlander series. Yeah, I mean, sure. (laughs) I don't know if this summary is going to tell you anything or not, because again, it could be just a standalone story. I don't know how the Outlander books work. That's true. I should have made one up that wasn't related. The past may seem the safest place to be, but it is the most dangerous time to be alive. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Jamie Fraser and Claire Randall were torn apart by the Jacobite right... (laughs) Jacobite Rising in 1746, and it took them 20 years to find each other again. Now the American Revolution threatens to do the same. So you're right, it's an America, Danielle. Sorry. <laughs> See? It is 1779, and Claire and Jamie are at last reunited with their daughter, Brianna, her husband, Roger, and their children on Fraser's Ridge. Having the family together is a dream the Frasers had thought impossible. Yet even in the North Carolina backcountry, the effects of the war are being felt. Tensions in the colonies are great, and local feelings run hot enough to boil hell's tea kettle. Jamie knows loyalties among his tenants are split, and it won't be long until the war is on his doorstep. Brianna and Roger have their own worry that the dangers that provoked their escape from the 20th century might catch up to 
to them. Sometimes they question whether risking the perils of the 1700s, among them disease, starvation, and impending war, was indeed the safer choice for the family. I'm going to guess no. I'm just, in general, <laughs> mortality rates were higher in the 1700s. Yeah, really. Not so far away, young William Ransom is still coming to terms with the discovery of his true father's identity, and thus his own, and Lord John Gray has reconciliations to make, and dangers to meet, on his son's behalf and his own. Meanwhile, the Revolutionary War creeps ever closer to Fraser's Ridge, and with the family flying together, Jamie and Claire have more at stake than ever before. He sounded very happy about that. The war is creeping closer, everybody! <laughs> I thought it'd be kind of a fun thing to do. <laughs> So there you go. You've read the first book of the Outlander series. Does this make any sense based no, on that? No, it does not. I literally was just thinking, what happened between the first and the <laughs> okay. second book? Great. Great. Perfect. So maybe this will inspire you to go back to the Outlander series and find out how they get from point A to point B. You can watch the show, I guess. <laughs> You could watch the show, but that's. But who wants to do that? I mean, are they, are they even up to book nine in the show? I uh, doubt it. I don't know the answer to that, Sam. I have not kept up with Outlander series. Well, that's obvious because you didn't know anything about Jamie Fraser and Claire <laughs> Randall. I forgot. I for, can't believe I forgot their names. Not that I remember <laughs> names from things. I just like, no. Why is that a surprise to you? <laughs> that was like years ago. <laughs> All right, Danielle. Coming up next is The Christmas Pig by J.K. Rowling. Uh, okay. And this is a book I'm going to, you know, not necessarily recommend people buy because J.K. Rowling is kind of a terrible transphobe. And yeah. she maybe wrote three good books 15 years ago and hasn't done much of worth since. So... A Christmas Pig. Anyway, so Christmas Pig by J.K. Rowling, illustrated by Jim Field. Is this a children's book? It's a young adult book, um, and it's like 200 pages. So it's okay. not like a picture book, but it is a children's book. Is it about a pig that grows up to go to a wizarding school? <laughs> Might as well milk that cash cow. <laughs> uh, she already has for, the, for everything she's done and then you know <laughs> flushed all that goodwill away by being a terrible person on Twitter. So, you know. <laughs> Why not add a pig into that? All right. So what do you think the Christmas pig is about, Danielle? Okay. The Christmas pig. You know what? I think the Christmas pig is about <laughs> a Christmas pig that yeah. they're growing fat to eat at Christmas. So like a Wilbur. Yeah. Like some farmers. And it follows the story of the farmers who are going to eat this pig to begin uh -huh. with. And then it kind of goes in between the pig and the farmers. And the pig slowly realizes that he's going to be eaten for Christmas dinner. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to think where the story's going. <laughs> this is awfully dark for like third graders. <laughs> you said young adults, Sam. Well, third to sixth graders is what the reading level is. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? In the end, the pig does not get eaten. So that's okay. <laughs> works out fine, Sam. So that's your whole story? There's a pig <laughs> no, that was going to be eaten but wasn't. precipitating factor without being um, the entire story of Babe. <laughs> this is like the inverse of the day no pigs would die. <laughs> Where a pig very much does get eaten. I kind of went like Animal Farm in my head, and then I was like, bring it back, Danielle, bring it back. You have to get me something between how the pig is about to be eaten and how it does not get eaten. Like, what is the event that connects those two things? Okay, so the pig decides to put on a pageant with all its farm friends. Okay. <laughs> and they have this huge pageant, and the farmers walk in on it, and then they realize that their pig is actually, like, capable of thought. Like... Uh -huh. More than a normal pig, some pig. It's it's an amazing pig, uh -huh. and <laughs> so they're going to milk it now. They're going to like take it to the circus or whatever. Well, maybe, but maybe it's just like like take it to the local farm show and everybody oozes and odds and they don't actually, you know, it's nineteen. Yeah, make them any money. I'd rather eat that pig. <laughs> and they don't eat it for Christmas dinner, and it's a Christmas miracle to the pig. Danielle, you are so very wrong, uh, but that sounds way better, <laughs> honestly. 
Allow me to tell you about the Christmas pig. One boy and his toy are about to change everything. Is this the Velveteen Rabbit with a pig? Boy, I don't know, Danielle. It's weird. <laughs> Jack loves his childhood toy, Dur Pig. I didn't even think of a fake pig. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fake pig, Danielle. So Jack loves his childhood toy, Dur Pig, or DP, which is quite the abbreviation to choose for a children's <laughs> character. <laughs> DP has always been there for him. Through good and bad, until one Christmas Eve, something terrible happens. DP is lost, Danielle. DP is oh, lost. Oh no! Just like the Velveteen Rabbit, except that nobody cared about the Velveteen Rabbit. But Christmas Eve is a night for miracles and lost causes, a night when all things can come to life, even toys. And Jack's newest toy, the Christmas Pig, DP's replacement, has a daring plan. Together they'll embark on a magical journey to seek something lost and save the best friend Jack has ever known. So DP, to be clear. <laughs> The new pig is going after the old pig? Yeah. Oh, it's intense. <laughs> also, I can't believe they called the pig DP. That's just like, <laughs> no. Especially for middle schoolers? Boy, that's a bad idea. <laughs> I can't believe that the new pig would ever go after the old pig. You think he'd be content in his new house? You think he'd be the evil pig? You think he'd be like your, your Buzz Lightyear to your... This is just, just a Toy Story, Daniel. Exactly. It's exactly what I was thinking. Like, Buzz Lightyear would never go after Woody in the early stages of Toy Story. Or vice versa. <laughs> Woody actively tries to get rid of Buzz Lightyear. Exactly. Like, I just... I don't see this happening. I think it's And that's why Toy Story is a classic and this book, well, it exists. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. My version was better. Way better. I mean, it had a farm animal show. Music and dance numbers, Sam. Right. What's not to love about a dancing pig like, <laughs> trying to sing human and sounds like a monstrosity? And has the constant threat of death hanging over them. Can Yay. you imagine you walk into that as a, as a farm owner? You walk in, the pig's like wearing a tutu, and you're like, what the heck is going on I'd be like, daughter, what are you doing to the pig? <laughs> so yeah, the Christmas pig. All right. For our last book, Danielle, I have an author that you and I both enjoy. Okay. This is the book Project Hail Mary, a novel by Andy Weir. Okay. Yeah. I just heard about this in passing. Not the plot, but I remember hearing that it existed. Yeah. I was like, oh, Andy Weir has a new book. <laughs> that was my thought, too. I thought we'd share it and discuss it here. Okay. Project Hail Mary. So Andy Weir, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is sci-fi, but, you know, good for Andy Weir if he decided to Do jump a high out fantasy. of his- <laughs> <laughs> You never know. I love to see an like, Andy Weir version of, like, The Martian. But it's like like a hobbit trapped <laughs> on an island trying to survive, that kind of thing, after doing expedition to the West or whatever. I don't know anything about The Lord of the Rings, but you get what I'm going at. So I'm a little disappointed that the other book that he wrote, so what about the moon? Or Artemis? The, yeah, Artemis was, uh, already had the con aspect of it. Because yeah, I feel you, like this Project Hail Mary is an obvious play into having a like long con thing. Yeah, yeah, like a hasty con thing going uh, on. <laughs> maybe it's another heist book, Danielle. Maybe he got like his, he whetted his appetite with the first heist and it was all about heists. I would be okay with that. That'd be yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fine heist book. So, you know, more heisting is better. Okay, Project Hail Mary. I feel like, hmm, I feel like there's some kind of um, major disaster that's going to befall, maybe Earth, but also maybe some other planet that's now been taken over by humans at some point. And why do you, why do you think this? Why do I think why do I think there are humans on another planet? No, but why do you think that this is a disaster book? I'm just curious. I don't know. Is it the project, word Hail Mary? Like a last Hail Mary. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, I'm going where I'm going with project is that I feel like so there's some kind of disaster that's going to happen that they have to circumvent. And so the concept is like the, this, this ragtag group of 
people come up with uh-huh. this idea of like how to circumvent this natural disaster that's going to happen immediately, whatever space yeah. thing sure. that's going to happen. And so it's called Project Hail Mary because everything else they've tried has not worked. Okay. And in the end, why don't you tell me what that disaster is? What's the disaster? Come on, yeah, come with something. I, I mean, classics like you know, some giant asteroids going to hit. Mm-hmm. But that's so cliche that I'm not sure if he'd do that or not. If he did, I'm sure it'd be all very uh, interestingly scientific. <laughs> 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 I was trying to think of something more creative than that. Maybe their entire uh, like planet for some weird rotational issue thing that they're going to have is somehow going to lift off the planet and they're all going to die. Isn't that like the core where the Earth core <laughs> stops rotating and yeah, like causes like volcanoes? That. <laughs> okay. They have to like. They know it's going to happen. It's kind of like, uh, oh gosh, what's that movie? With uh, where all the, the animal, the creepy flying things come out of the the ground every 300 days or whatever. Are about uh, Pitch Black? Yeah, Pitch Black. <laughs> but the, less, the amazing Vin Diesel movie? I love that movie. Sorry, I can't so remember good. the title, you guys, but like, love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Pitch Black, but without all the creepy things. Just like that something happens every X amount of days. They know it's going to happen. And this is like their last attempt to make sure that so they So they sell this planet knowing it's a disaster prone plan like yeah, we'll figure it out eventually i'm <laughs> sure we can figure out how to solve this problem in the future or maybe they knew it was going to happen in the future but they decided to do it anyways because they figured by then technology would have like honestly danielle that is the most believable thing i've ever heard because you know i've seen how we've handled the climate change <laughs> exactly. now and it's pretty much that which like is oh we'll figure it doing. out later yeah no this is yeah he's, so he's good at writing thing. about human things yeah <laughs> all right danielle i um it's very good uh give give me one other detail about this story Just to tie it in the bow. Any kind of detail? Yeah. You know, give me a character, give me a uh, motivation, give me a twist, something in here, just to like put a bow on this wonderful story you've made. Okay. So I think that the main guy, it's either the main guy lives on the planet and has like lived there most of his life and is really attached to it. And then like there's a new scientist that comes in that's a love interest and is like helping solve this dilemma or it could be vice versa. (laughs) His love interest comes to the planet? Or like... What's the vice versa of that? I'm just curious. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Actually, there's only one versa. It's only one vice. (laughs) Uh, Good enough. So let me tell you about Project Hail Mary. Okay. Ryland Grace is a sole survivor on a desperate last chance mission. And if he fails, humanity and the Earth itself will perish. See, I'm not wrong. (laughs) No, not wrong. I mean... Again, Project Hail Mary, Andy, where I figured you'd get that far. <laughs> that is kind of his vibe. Yeah, exactly. Also, well done. <laughs> Except that right now, he doesn't know that. He can't even remember his own name, let alone the nature of his assignment or how to complete it. All he knows is that he's been asleep for a very long time, and he's just been awakened to find himself millions of miles from home with nothing but two corpses for company. So there's no, like, little booklet on board that's like, hey, FYI, here's the <laughs> Mission <you> briefing. <laughs> that standard protocol maybe there's a reason he doesn't have a memory danielle maybe there's a reason they can't tell him what he's doing okay sure his crewmate's dead his memories fuzzily returning ryland realizes that an impossible task now confronts him hurtling through space on his tiny ship it's up to him to puzzle out an impossible scientific mystery and conquer an extinction level threat to our species and with the clock ticking down and the nearest human being light years away he's got to do it all alone or does he? Dun, dun, dun. Does a sexy scientist come? Maybe that's the person that Alien? is the does he. <laughs> also, we don't know what the disaster is from this summary, and I like your idea about Pitch Black meets the core. <laughs> and plot twist, this is all televised, and it's actually the Truman Show. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Andy, we wrote the Truman Show. 
I know, but I feel like I feel like you that could be his next book. He could. Yeah. I think I think he could do a sci-fi Truman Show plot thing. I would I would read that. That'd be awesome. I would read that too. I would read this one to be fair. I mean, I didn't love Artemis, but I liked The Martian, and I would read Project Hail Mary. Iris was fun enough. I agree. I didn't think it was as good as The Martian, but it was definitely a fun read. It was fun. Quirky. Yeah, exactly. So there you go, Danielle. Four books that came out this year that we have learned about together, for better or worse. You know, I'm not terrible at this game. That was like a solid, well, yeah. one was right on, but it's like 50%. Well, that I mean, was Nicholas like two Sparks out of four. Gimme, let's be fair. <laughs> I mean, that's like, if I just said Nicholas Sparks or like Tom Clancy, you could come up with the plot for those books. Easy peasy. Yeah, it's true. But uh, yeah, you did very well with I, the, the Outlander series. You knew I'm something sorry. about it. So that was good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I already knew the time travel twist. Christmas pig. Way better than what they had, at least from what I saw briefly. Again, who knows what the book actually reads like. And Andy Weir, not a bad, not a bad stab at that one, Danielle. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. <laughs> well, you're here for the next few minutes as we wrap this episode up. <laughs> oh, we came to another conclusion of another short. We made it. We made it. And that was our first round of What's in a Name? Next time you're going to do this. Am I? Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to make who you knows? do all the things that you make me do. Danielle, we both know you don't have, like, the weird drive to create stupid games like I do. No, but I'm not just going to use your games and make you do them. Oh, oh, that's mean, Danielle. That's mean. <laughs> that's a very Danielle thing to do. I that think is. It, I think this is going to be great, everybody. Look forward yeah. in our future short episodes to Sam having to come up with stupid names and remember our entire catalog of media. What do you mean come up with stupid names? I never made you come up with stupid names. All I asked you to do was try to figure out which media the uh, review belonged to. <laughs> then you like drew it out so that I had to give you the names of every single because one. Because <laughs> that was hilarious, Danielle, that you had no ability to remember anything we've ever done in I was on this the spot. podcast. It was hard. <laughs> we've done a lot of media. We've done like 80 episodes. <laughs> I, I'm not telling you that we haven't done a lot, Danielle. I'm just very impressed that you had like, you could pull nothing out. Oh, that was hard. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you have a favorite book that came out this year, hey, maybe uh, let us know about it. Maybe we can read it. We're always looking for good suggestions for not just weird media, but just good media in general. Or, you know, just tell us the title and the author and let us guess what it is. Yeah, <laughs> then you'll I play mean, a round or two on Twitter. <laughs> that'd be fun. I mean, this is a perfect Twitter game. I gotta be honest. <laughs> Yeah, you you all should tweet, Instagram me, like message us uh, titles of books and authors, and I and Sam will come up with uh, things that we think the book is actually about. Do it. That's amazing. And if you're extra generous, give us a cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be helpful, but not required. <laughs> not required. That's that's for like yeah, that that's like maybe maybe the first round is no cover, and then if we fail, we get the bonus round with the cover. Yes, exactly. Sam, where can they email us that information? You can always contact us at bookretorts.com. You can also. Tweet, Instagram, or Facebook us at Book Retorts. And if you want to hear some more of our nonsense and sometimes dumb little games, you can find our bonus episode on patreon.com slash book retorts. Yes, you can. And until next time, we'll be back to our hopefully regular schedule. Bye. Take care, everybody. I didn't even say Patreon, and you didn't even say anything. What do you mean? Usually I go, Patreon! I know. I was like, great, she stopped. <laughs> <laughs>
That's because you expected it last time I told you I'd stop. Yeah, you did. And it's great. I'm like, finally, peace. <laughs> I'm going to come up with something more obnoxious now. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> well, uh, everyone out there, this is not on me. <laughs> Sam's fault. <laughs>